It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this. All of My Mochi's fabulous flavors, like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream, are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings, or the midnight munchies, yeah, You know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Racing to find survivors. They've been able to dig a trench 40 feet deep. U.S. targets the Iraq-Syria border. Airstrikes on Iran-backed militia facilities. Pacific Northwest swelters. Temperatures about 40 degrees above normal. Good morning. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. And I'm Peter King in Surfside, Florida, with a CBS World News Roundup. Search and rescue teams are into their fifth day of what's been a slow and sometimes agonizing process. The number of confirmed fatalities remains at nine. We have identified an additional four of the victims. Miami-Dade Mayor Daniela Levine-Cava says 152 people are still unaccounted for. Searchers have had some good luck on their side. The weather improved yesterday and that fire underneath the rubble is now out. And Israeli and Mexican teams are now helping U.S. searchers. We don't have a resource problem. We've only had a luck problem. Surfside Mayor Charles Burkett. Now we just need a few more miracles and we need to start pulling people out of that rubble and reuniting them with the families. More on the race against time from CBS's David Begno. Rescuers are moving fast but carefully. One wrong move could mean another disaster. What they've done is dig a trench beneath the rubble. So far, it's 125 feet long and 40 feet deep. Meanwhile, this morning, there are questions that remain about the structural problems with this building. There was an assessment done by engineers in 2018, and one part took a look at the parking garage and found abundant cracking and spalling of varying degrees. Though some of this damage is minor, most of the concrete deterioration needs to be repaired in a timely manner. Why wasn't it? Timely can't possibly mean more than two and a half years later. That is attorney Brad Sohn, who is representing at least a dozen victims. The association knew or should have known there were structural integrity problems. Family members had asked to go to the site to watch the rescue operation and to pray and reflect. They got to do that yesterday afternoon. Again, Mayor Charles Burkett. The pain that they're going through, the suffering, the unimaginable sort of desperation to get answers was relieved. CBS's Manuel Bajorcas has more on the victims who've been identified and people who are still missing. Among those identified so far, 54-year-old Stacy Fang, whose son was rescued. 
83-year-old Antonio Lozano, 79-year-old Gladys Lozano, and 54-year-old Manuel Lafont. Mike Noriega's 92-year-old grandmother, Hilda, is among the missing. They found family photographs in the debris. Well, my grandmother, she definitely was a very powerful soul. If she's underneath that rubble alive, it'll be a miracle of the ages. If she's not, I know that her soul is in heaven. Officials say the arrival of the Israeli team seemed to reassure many of those families. Their team leader reminded them that they saved a 65-year-old man from the rubble five days after Haiti's earthquake in 2010. Deborah. The U.S. carried out airstrikes against Iranian-backed militias near the Iraqi-Syrian border early this morning. The Pentagon says it's in response to recent drone strikes against American troops in the region. CBS's David Martin has details. The strike was carried out by U.S. F-15 and F-16 jet fighters against buildings located on both sides of the border between Iraq and Syria. A defense official said the buildings were command and control and logistics facilities used by the militias to operate the drones. This official said initial indications are that all the targets were hit. David Martin, CBS News, Washington. Heat records are falling like dominoes in the Pacific Northwest, where all of Washington, Oregon, and five other states are under excessive heat warnings today. Forecasters call it a once-in-1,000-year event. Correspondent Lilia Luciano. It's never been hotter across the Northwest. A record 112 degrees in Portland, Oregon, 104 in Seattle, Washington, marking the first time the city passed triple digits two days in a row since record-keeping began in 1894. It's getting hotter and hotter. Seattle's summer months are usually mild, with average June high temperatures in the 60s and 70s, so many homes don't have air conditioning. Now, stores selling portable units are having trouble keeping up with demand. We had three that were available to customers. That's all we could get. Heavy rain pounded Detroit over the weekend, leaving highways flooded and cars submerged. Divers were called in to check for trapped victims. Shannon Martin says she knew she'd make it. I said, oh, I, I got to get out of here because I got to live. I didn't want to die in there because I had COVID for four months in the hospital. I survived that, and I know I can survive this. The police department brought in extra officers to help dispatchers field more than a 1,000 calls. The first big cruise ship has set sail from the U.S. since the pandemic began. Royal Caribbean Celebrity Edge left Fort Lauderdale for Mexico. The company says 99% of passengers are vaccinated. Correspondent Janet Shamlian is on board. On this ship, running at 40% capacity or close to 1,200 pounds, Passengers, all adults have been vaccinated. A few dozen children under age 12 have not. I've been homesick for it, so I'm glad to be back. It's a reset, but also a gamble for cruise companies obliterated by the pandemic. Richard Fain runs the cruise line. With so many vaccinated, he says, any cases can be controlled. Our objective is to be safer here than anywhere else on land. On board, some changes, including those famous buffets no longer self-serve. In Major League Baseball... We have our first culprit of the new system of checking pitchers. Hector Santiago has been thrown out of the ball game. Mariners hurler ousted in the fifth inning of a doubleheader. He insisted it was all on the up-and-up. All I used was rosin. I mean, I used it on both sides. Arm sweat, trying to keep that sweat from dripping down to the hands. I mean, that's the only thing I, I used rosin. That's about it. The glove will be inspected in New York today. Mariners beat the White Sox 3-2. to two. At the U.S. Olympic track and field trials. Sydney McLaughlin gets ahead of the world champion and the Olympic champion. That's a near world record. In 
NBC Sports with the results as McLaughlin passed reigning champ Delilah Mohammed to win the women's 400-meter hurdles in 51.9 seconds. Anna Cockrell, the third to round out the U.S. team. Simone Biles and Sunisa Lee locked up spots in gymnastics, with Lee getting a rare win over Biles in the qualifiers. There's new evidence children dealt with the stress of the pandemic through food. Medical specialists began noticing an increase in the treatment of eating disorders in children early in the pandemic. We have colleagues in Canada and Europe across the United States who are seeing the same thing. Dr. Jennifer Hackman, director of Children's Hospital Colorado's Eating Disorder Program, says it's driven by two factors. The impact of the dramatic shift in mainly social lives and also things they were already thinking about like body satisfaction, which really got amplified. Stephen Kaufman, CBS News. We're learning more about the death of a man behind one of the first reality TV series. His family says cops creator John Langley died of an apparent heart attack during a road race in Mexico. He was 78. And that's the World News Roundup for Monday, June 28th. With Peter King in Florida, I'm Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Nancy's love story could have been ripped right out of the pages of one of her own novels. She was a romance mystery writer who happens to be married to a chef. But this story didn't end with a happily ever after. When I stepped into the kitchen, I could see that Chef Brophy was on the ground and I heard somebody say, call 911. As writers, we'd written our share of murder mysteries. So when suspicion turned to Dan's wife, Nancy, we weren't that surprised. The first person they look at would be the spouse. We understand that's usually the way they do it. But we began to wonder, had Nancy gotten so wrapped up in her own novels... There are murders in all of the books. ...that she was playing them out in real life? You can listen to Happily Never After, Dan and Nancy, early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Varian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. Two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Milli Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them and not the man pulling the strings? Follow Blame It on the Fame, Milli Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. 
who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Van Sant from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts.